Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Doing good? You guys waking up? Have your cup of coffee? Well, I'm uh, Pastor Stephen. I'm the student ministries pastor here, and we are so glad that you're here. Um, if you're joining us today and, and you don't know, we are here to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. That's the heart of everything that we do here from our time here to, to small groups during the week to student ministries, gatherings, and everything else. And um, we are so glad that you're here. If you have not yet uh, filled out a connection card, there's connection cards in the back pockets of the seat in front of you, and we would love to connect with you to know what's going on in your life. There's also prayer cards and giving cards there, and we'd love to pray with you and partner with you in those ways as well. Now, I have some things coming up in the next few weeks. The first off is next week. Does anybody know what weekend it is? Okay, Soup Sunday. Yeah, you guys know. Mark it on the calendar. We got Soup Sunday next week, or we call it Name Tag Sunday or Family Sunday. I think there's a few names for it. But so next week, we will be having some soup set up in the back of the worship center. And so come hungry. I mean, you could have breakfast, but make sure afterwards you're hungry and you stick around to grab some soup. And the real goal of it is that we get some name tags, we connect with each other, and uh, we grow together as a community. So stick around, get some soup next Sunday, and uh, invite a friend. It's a good time to, to invite someone to come, to join, have some soup, have some name tags. It's a good time to, to be here. Uh, also, next thing coming up is we got an all-church hike on February 3rd, which is this Saturday, I believe. Uh, at 9 a.m., we'll be meeting here at the church, and this is for anybody who would like to join us in hiking. We will be hiking rain or shine, so check the weather and grab a jacket if it says it's going to be a little misty. And we will be hiking the Big Dalton Canyon Trail which is an easy level trail. So anybody who, um, even if you don't have much experience hiking, please join because it will be fun to connect together, bring the whole family, and just spend some time hiking. So once again, we'll be meeting here at the parking lot at 9 a.m. and then carpooling together. Sound good? Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, next up, uh, as we approach February, we're going to be going into our Lent series. Now next week, you guys will be getting some, some cards about the sermon series, um, but we want to make sure that you save some dates now. So coming up on February 14th is uh, Ash Wednesday. It's kind of the start of Lent, and we will be doing something here from 6.30 to 8 p.m. with some prayer and some giving of ashes. That's also Valentine's Day. So we want to give you a heads up to put on your calendar on February 14th, that we will be having this uh, time here of prayer and giving of ashes. If that's something that you would like to do and would like to prioritize, please join us for that and put it on your calendar now. Sound good? Yeah? yeah. Okay, good. I'll make sure you guys are awake. Got to gotta warm them up before, before Melody comes here. All right, let's pray, and then uh, Melody will come, come on up. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for, for coming and being here, thank you that you, you came and lived and died and, we, and rose again and that we are here to just love you and worship together. Lord, I pray over Melody. I pray that you would be with the words that she speaks. I pray that you would be filling this room with your presence and that you would be leading and guiding us in all wisdom, all direction, and all love for one another. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, he woke you up. I'm here to make sure you stay awake. Hopefully. That's really awkward when you look in the crowd and someone's... It's all right. It happens, right? Those who do it are like, oh, she's talking to me. There's multiple of you out there. And it's not just when I preach, by the way, okay? So my name is Melody. I'm one of the pastors here at New Song. Who's going to the hike? Come on. Who's going to the hike? I said you have to come because I don't like hiking if it's over like 70 degrees outside. And I'm not an experienced hiker, so you may have to help Stephen carry me down the trail. Okay? So please come. It's one of those things where, you know what, the, the more people that come, the more connection that's had, the more fun that is had. So please make sure you come to that. And as we mentioned, all the things that are put out there. Um, you know, no matter how the email goes out, we say it up here. You know, people sometimes say, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Well, where have you been? Because it went out on the email, it went out on the announcements, it went out just multiple places. So please mark your calendars. All right. Um, I have a question for you. How many of you guys read reviews on something before you buy it? That's about a lot of us in here, right? You read reviews, and why? We want to know other people's thoughts, right? We want to know other people's experiences, what worked about a product, what didn't work about a product. We look at Yelp for restaurants, for hotels, for all these things, right? We want to know... Was the service good? Did the product last? Was the shirt true to size? You know, we want to know all these things. And does anyone else do this? I actually read the worst reviews first. Does anyone do that? I read the worst reviews first because I want to know, okay, let me see what can absolutely be like the worst possible scenario here. And let me see if the good reviews mention, you know, this thing and let me, you know, kind of work my way up from there. So I read... I, I read reviews like I read books. I read reviews. Now, here's the funny thing about that is that out of the many products that I purchase, out of the tons of shopping that I do online and store, whatever you like, in my life, I have only reviewed two products, ever. Two products. Now, one of them was this brand of water bottle that you will see right here, and I will show you right there. The brand is Iron Flask. Okay, no affiliation. I don't get kickbacks or PR or anything like that. But, um, you know, I was at the park one day, and I heard a gal telling her friend, oh, this water bottle is amazing, blah, 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 blah. And so I said, what is that? So I added it to cart, and I came home, and I read all the reviews on it, and now you will not see my family with another brand of water bottle, okay? I know there's hydro flasks and that's all the rage. I tried those. This is better, okay? There's uh, the Stanley Cups. Has anyone seen the Stanley Cup Valentine's Day craze out there? People are losing their minds over this pink cup. Um, so, you know, this still better than a Stanley Cup. The, they will keep cold drinks cold for days. We actually have the biggest uh, one of these that you can buy. And when we're on like a hot summer day or we're going to the beach or whatever, I fill it up. There's ice in there for days. Okay? So, again, no affiliation. But I jumped online and I gave it a raging review. A raging good review. Not a raging angry review. Um, the other item that I reviewed is this coffee that I'm going to show you. The, the company is called Thrive Coffee, 
And when I tell you, when I tell you where I find this coffee, it's not Starbucks, okay? Not basic, as someone said to me, oh, you're so basic today, this week. And I was like, what does that even mean? Oh, so no, it's not basic Starbucks coffee. Um, you might tune me out when I say where I get this coffee. You might know exactly what I'm talking about when I tell you where I get this coffee. And some of you will have no idea that this place even served coffee. Do you want a clue? Do you want to know where you can sample this coffee? Yeah. Well, you can't today because they're closed. Chick-fil-A. Thank you. Now. Before you tune me out and you're like, of course, it's the Christian coffee, Melody, that's super cliche. You know, oh, it's extra blessed, you know. No, 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 no. Um, this coffee, you guys, from the first sip, I met a friend there for uh, coffee. Well, I met a friend there for breakfast because there's a play place or her kid needed to play. And so I, I didn't know they served coffee. The first sip, I was in love. It was crisp. It was smooth. It was all the things I need a cup of coffee to be. And I was so taken by this coffee, I didn't even really, you know, okay, we'll put our little conversation on hold. I went to the counter and I said, where is this coffee from? How do you get it? How can I buy it? Blah, 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 blah. And by the time I got back to my friend, who's Marissa Tittle, if you remember, um, by the time I got back to my friend, she had searched it online and she had signed me up for a monthly subscription. Okay? <laughs> That is a friend, you guys, okay? Just saying. But she signed me up, and I have been drinking this coffee ever since. It's the True North Blend, which I know, it gets even more cliche as this conversation goes on. But um, I have shared this coffee with family. I have shared this coffee with friends. If you come over to my house and I like you a lot, I will serve you this coffee. I have shared this coffee in very special meetings here at church, and I make a point to tell them so. Yeah, some of you have been in these meetings where I'm like, listen, enjoy this coffee, okay? Um, I've sent this coffee overseas to my family in Argentina, and <clears throat> Latin American coffee, right? There's nothing quite like it. But this coffee, I will take this co coffee over my Argentine coffee any day. So, of course, I jumped online, and I reviewed it. But out of the many, many things that I have purchased, I've only reviewed these two items in my life. And there's a variety of different reasons why I just don't review items. I get the email, right? There's an email here I wanna show you. This is for a, a makeup purchase that I made because I like to experiment on my face with makeup. So this one was, hey Melody, like it, love it, can't live without it, we'd love to know what you think. Review your latest beauty products. Here's the review. It's, it's super simple, right? Like, it's super simple what it's showing me. But I don't, I don't ever do it. And there's a variety of reasons. Tell me if you identify with this. Well, I don't really have the time. Okay, I just open an email, spam, delete, right? I'm in the middle of something else. I don't have the extra time. Well, I don't really know how I would say it. Like, I like the blush. It gave me a pretty pink coral, but uh, I just really don't know what, what to say about this. And the third reason is, well, someone's probably already said it anyway, right? Do any of you identify with any of these reasons? Yes? So, you know, there's, there's, there's these reasons that 
just come up and I'm just like, meh, on to the next thing. Now, today's text is a, a story about not concealing your lips and sharing the information that you have. And I wonder if it feels similar in our lives in regards to sharing our faith sometimes, sometimes about sharing the things that God has done in our story. Do we share a review, so to speak? Do we share a review or do we come up with reasons to not share our story? Ah, I don't really have the time. This is super inconvenient for me right now. Ah, I don't really know what to say. I don't really have scripture memorized. I don't really, oh. You know what? Someone's probably already said it. Or I'll let the next guy say it. Can any of you identify with that? I think we all can. So, you know, when we started this series in Psalm 40, I asked you to write down what stood out to you and why when we read the whole psalm. And many of you, many of you wrote down that we feel the struggle when we have to, when it comes to not concealing our lips, when it comes to sharing our story and what God has done in our lives. This was, many of you shared this with me. And as we'll read today in today's passage, David is declaring that he is not concealing his lips and has shared what God has done. David is a reviewer, yeah? David's a reviewer. So let's see today if we can learn something from David the reviewer and apply it to our lives here. And if you've been here for these um, sermons, um, you know that we have been in the practice of something called Lectio Divina or Lectio Divina. And that is a practice where um, you read the Bible, the passage slowly a few times over, you focus your thoughts, you focus your attention on what God might have for you today. Maybe a word pops out at you, maybe a theme, maybe someone's name comes to mind, but the point is to try and clear our minds, okay, clear our minds as we ponder these words and we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Now, if you need a copy of the psalm that we are going through during this series, <clears throat> these are right outside in the hallway. But for today's purposes, for today's purposes, uh, I am going to be reading the message translation, and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, but if you need a hard copy of Psalm 40, please feel free to grab that. So before we get into it, I want to quickly remind you of the context of where we are. So in the first section, verses one through three, we talked about, uh, David talked about how God pulled him out of the pit. Uh, how, you know, we had no clue as to what the pit was, what the situation was, how long it lasted, or what the ultimate outcome of this pit was. Um, but we knew that God gave David a firm place to stand. In the section, second section that Stephen covered last week, um, David was remembering all the times that God had not only saved him, but saved his people. And the call in the passage was to trust God even when we can't see a way. Stephen shared the story of him being in the hot uh, desert and feeling disoriented, feeling lost, not knowing where he was going, and just putting one foot in front of the other. And here we are today where David is telling his story and not concealing his lips. So let me pray and then we will read the passage. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would uh, send your spirit here now, Lord, 
Lord, there are so many things going on in our lives, um, uh, in our homes, in our jobs, in our hearts, God. God, I ask that as we focus on this passage, Lord, would we just be open to what your spirit would have for us? Lord, maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's a theme, maybe it's a whatever it is, God. God, I ask that you would impress that upon our hearts, Lord. Lord, as we listen to these words, God, we trust. We trust what you would have us do with them. Lord, would we continually go to you for guidance and to put things in your hand when we don't know what to do? Lord, I pray that you would uh, use this time today and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm 40, verses 6 through 10. Doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You opened my ears so I can listen. So I answered, I'm coming. I read in your letter what you wrote about me, and I'm coming to the party you're throwing for me. That's when God's word entered my life, became a part of my very being. I've preached you to the whole congregation. I've kept nothing back. God, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret, didn't keep it to myself. I told it all. How dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. I'm going to read it one more time. Doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after. Being religious acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You've opened my ear so I can listen. So I answered, I'm coming. I read your letter, what you wrote about me, and I'm coming to the party you're throwing for me. That's when God's word entered my life, became a part of my very being, I've preached you to the whole congregation. I've kept nothing back. God, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret. Didn't keep it to myself. I told it all how dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. So if anything stood out to you, again, I encourage you to write it down and maybe to share it as we will talk about in a section here in a moment. But I want to start this by asking us this question. Let's, let's think about this. What if David had not shared openly about all the things God had done for him? What if he had not shared and he would have kept his lips sealed? Well, for starters... We would not have this passage, or probably many passages, yes? We would not have that. What if he thought, I don't really have the time. I don't really know how I would say it. Or someone else has probably said it anyway. What if David thought that? 
I'm so thankful he didn't let any of these thoughts enter his mind. And he did share his story. Some of the Psalms, we did this whole series last summer, Summer in the Psalms. Some of the Psalms in here are the most uplifting at the same time, most heart-wrenching, at the same time, most relatable words in the Bible. What if the same is true for your story? What if the same is true for something that you might have to say? Maybe you have something that is uplifting. Maybe you have something that is heart-wrenching. Maybe you have something that is whatever it is all at the same time, and somebody needs to hear that. But we run into this. I don't really have time. I don't know how I would say it. Someone else has probably said something similar. I'll leave it to the next guy. That's the challenge we come up against. So let's talk about these challenges and how we combat them. So, um, you know, and I know that sometimes in the Christian world, okay, in the Christian world, we have used this word testimony a lot. Have you heard this word? That someone, maybe you've seen it in churches, maybe you've seen it in a movie, maybe you've seen it, I don't know where, but sometimes we hear the word testimony. Someone says, well, someone like to come up and give their testimony. And, you know, they might say what happened to them, you know, the day before, or they might have their whole life story to share. And sometimes I think we can hear the word testimony, and especially sometimes, you know, if we're young or our life has been pretty easy going. Sometimes we think, if I don't have this big, huge thing that I've dealt with in my life, you know, if I don't have this grand experience of maybe living on the streets or sleeping around with men or sleeping around with women or, you know, a big drug comeback story or, you know, I died and I came back or, you know, these experiences are all amazing to hear and see, but that is not everybody's story. And sometimes some of us may just have you know, a quieter story, so to speak, but sometimes that holds us back. Yes, I think so. So that's why I use the message version of this today because it didn't use the word testimony. I like that in this translation it said the word story. So let's ask ourselves first, do we have a story? Do you have a story? Let me ask you some questions. Are you alive? Yes. Are you breathing? Yes. Do you have a heartbeat? Yes. Well, then you have a story. You have a story. Who is the youngest person in here? Who's the youngest person in here? Oh, Art raises his hand. That's not true. I can combat that part of the story. Not Fred either. Who's the youngest person? That, come here. Come, 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 Olivia. Come, 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 come. Come, quick, quick, quick. I'll meet you in the middle. Olivia, how old are you? Five. Do you have a family? Yes. Are they nice people? Yes. Sometimes they're not nice people, right? Yes. Do you have friends? Yes. Do you have um, animals in your house? Yes. Do you go to sleep sometimes and you're so happy? Yes. Do you go to sleep sometimes and sometimes you're scared? Yes. So can I tell you something? You have a story. You have a story, Olivia. How old are you? Five. You're five. You have a story. Can we give a hand to Olivia? <laughs> Olivia is five, and in her 
teeny tiny years, she has a story. She has a story. So we have established that. You are alive. You have a story. Let's look at the first reason we don't share a story. I don't have time. This reason is going to, this, this is going to be a short and sweet point. Yes, you do. Okay? I'm sorry. Yes, you do. You have work. You have a place you go to school. You go shopping. Wherever you go, God will put things in your place. God will put things in front of you, and wherever you shop, whatever you do, God has created opportunities for you. He knows exactly what your time is. He knows exactly. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes we have ignored those opportunities. Yes, I have. We've ignored those opportunities because, you know, sometimes it's super inconvenient, and you want to ignore it. But If God is prompting you, if God has put this in your place, then you make the time. Make the time. Because as you will hear in the end, maybe, maybe your time is is specifically made for an illustration for a sermon like today. You'll hear that in a moment. Make the time. The next reason we struggle with sharing our story, oh, I just don't know how I would say it. Can I have my helpers get ready that are helping me? Are they at the ready? I don't see anyone ready. Steven. Okay, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I have some helpers that are going to help me in a second. My, many of us know, oh, I just don't know how I would say it. We get lost in this part. It feels intimidating, right? We don't know what to say, you know, but look at, let's look at the passage. In verses 9 and 10, it said, I kept nothing back. I told it all. There's really no, you know, okay, so first I went back to the beginning and I told, you know, whatever. There's no theological reasons here that he, you know, or theology theology that he shared here. He said, I shared how dependable God is, how thorough he is. That's what he shared in that moment. He just opened his mouth to speak. He told of his experience and his connection with God. When I'm reading a review... I'm looking for people's experience here. I'm looking to see different photos. I'm looking to see how people used this item. I'm looking to see what the individual experiences are. I don't really care how the review is written. I don't really care how it's written. I just want to know of the experience, of the experience. People want to know what is real to you. People want to know what your story and your connection is like. So I have a worksheet that I am going to give out right now. There's your cue. Yes, you're waving it at me. Come down. They're like, oh, here it is. Yes. I have a worksheet that I want to give you. So let's take a moment. Uh, It looks like this. And these worksheets contain very simple, simple questions that you can answer here and now. And there should be a pen right in front of you. I'll let them do that. I'll talk about these questions, okay, as they come your way. Question number one, how do you experience slash connect slash feel close to Jesus. So is that nature? Is that art? Is that reading? Is that prayer? Is that music? 
People want to know what is real to you. Someone in the worship team up here might say, I feel a connection to Jesus when I play the guitar. That's not going to be on my paper because I don't know how to play the guitar, right? We experience Jesus in other ways. What is something that you might write here? Just yell it out. Music, reading, praying, hiking. You're going to save me on that mountain, Pete, on Saturday. Sunsets. Sharing. Community. Hospitality. Hospitality. So we experience, we connect, we feel close to Jesus through different experiences, different ways. Question number two. Again, these are very easy questions. Why is gathering slash coming to church important to you? People want to know what you are investing your time in and why. Why? They want to know if you come to church to connect, to learn, to sing. That leads us into the, back into question number one. They want to know what, what is happening. They want to know why. Why is it important for you to gather? You know, there is very rare times that I answer the front office phone here at New Song Church during the week. Very rare times. In the rare time that Nancy isn't there. Nancy, you're the best. Give Nancy a round of applause. (laughs) Nancy does so much, and the second she walks away from her phone, everything comes apart. Everything comes apart. So anyway, so just this week I answered the phone and nine times out of 10 that I am answering the phone here at New Song, someone is on the other end and they are asking, how can I connect to people? How can I connect to people? So my answer is small groups, youth groups, women's group, men's group. There's, there's all sorts of different meetings and of course a Sunday morning. And when I've taken the time to ask a few questions back, the response is the same. People need people. People need people. So what are some of your answers? Why is gathering, coming to church, important to you? Get your gas tank filled? Oh, like your spiritual. I was like... (laughs) Being with other Christians to worship God. Fellowship, meet new people, challenge, my happy place, I like that. Um, You know, whatever it is, whatever it is, why you come to church, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, our difference might be our, our, our answers might be different. The sheet is designed to help you share your story. It doesn't have to be complicated. The last question, in what ways do you connect and serve others in your community? People want to know what churches do. People want to know what churches do. Not only why we gather and you know what we do while we gather, but what we do speaks to What's important to you and what's important to the church? Now, if we have a couple people in here, and I know there's some of you in here that are checking us out for the very first time today, you should know that we care for each other in here and we care for each other 
out there. And that is a big part of our DNA here at New Song. Um, someone just recently came and asked me, hey, listen, does your church serve the community in any way? And I said, how much time you got? Pull up a chair. Pull up a chair, and I will tell you all the ways we are connected outside in the community. So, again, in what ways do you connect? In what ways do you serve? This is what people want to know. Sometimes people say, tell me. Tell me your story, how you came to Jesus. How you... Those, those are questions that maybe you might have to answer. But these are very simple questions that are usually are the ones on people's heart. The last reason we don't write reviews sometimes is... Someone has said it all anyway. Well, let's look at a few more people in the Bible and ask, what if they had not shared their story? In John chapter 9, there is a story of a blind man who was healed by Jesus. His story of healing created such an uproar at the time because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath, and that was against Jewish law. He was interrogated by neighbors, he was interrogated by family, by friends, everybody was talking about it, and his response was essentially the same thing time after time, he just told his story in this sentence. One thing I know, once I was blind, but now I see. One thing I know, once I was blind, but now I see, that was his story. There's another story in the Bible, uh, in John, I've lost my place here, uh, in John, John chapter 4, uh, a Samaritan woman has told of her encounter with Jesus, and because she told her story, many people in her village believed in Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 39, now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said. Had the blind man concealed his lips, had the Samaritan woman sealed her lips, we would not have two of these amazing stories in the Bible. We would not have these two, maybe we would in some other way, but would the town have been saved? Would, you know, this is their story. What if someone, what if those two people said, well, someone else will tell of their experience. I'm, I'm moving on to the next town. The blind man would have been, you know, touring the coast, maybe. I don't know. He could have done anything else, but he told his story. Your experience is unique to you. So, what's your story? I have permission to tell the next two stories that I received in the last few weeks. One is a simple email that I received after we began this series. I'm going to read it to you. Hi, Melody. Psalm 40, verse 2, speaks to me of my identity before and after knowing Christ. Before I understood who Christ was and what it meant to have my identity in him, I was in a slimy, anxious pit of basing my identity and my performance on what others thought of me. I was trapped in this pit, and I could never feel consistently secure as it is impossible to always succeed and always be liked or approved of. Anyone else identify? But then someone in college told me who Christ was, that my identity was secure in him, and I was so relieved. 
Now I have a firm place to stand and I was no longer subject to others' views or how well I performed. It was such a liberating revelation. I never thought of a verse like that before. Thank you for having us study Psalm 40. It gave me a new, deeper perspective. In Christ, Tina. Now she could have concealed her lips and not shared with me this. It took her some time to share the email. She probably thought other people were telling me things. You'd be surprised, you know, when we get up here and preach, you think people tell you things a lot of times. There's, it's a very small percentage. And we really appreciate when we hear back from you guys, hey, this spoke to me, that spoke to me. Hey, you know, Melody, stop the singing, but I love you. Great message today. You know, whatever it is, we really appreciate that. So this took some time. She didn't conceal her lips. She told me part of her story. It was not complicated. The next story I heard yesterday. Now, there was a pantry distribution going on here yesterday. And, um, you know, when I walked into the dry goods room to get something, I saw Alva here. And I noticed, you know, that he was stacking some spaghetti sauce and stacking some spaghetti, and he and his wife Brenda even separated Parmesan cheese packets uh, into little Ziploc bags, and I really wanted to steal like 10 of them because I always need Parmesan cheese at lunchtime. Anyone else? Parmesan cheese crazy people? No? Come on. Um, well, with all the hustle and bustle of the pantry, I noticed that there was a lot of pasta sauce and a lot of spaghetti and a lot, and I was just like, whoa. And not just a lot of pasta sauce, but there was a lot of everything. You guys have brought in a ton of food and faithfully orders from the food bank. Well, anyway, so Alva proceeds to describe to me his interaction when he and Brenda went to uh, purchase the pasta sauce. And they bought, you know, all this all this sauce and the pasta, and as they're walking out, their items caught the attention of a young lady who was there representing her own church organization, doing something else. Um, but, you know, they exchanged kind of what they were doing. Brenda and Alva explained what the pantry was and whatnot. And the amazing part was that this woman, who does not come to our church, who was doing her own thing, her own organization, she stopped and prayed over the pantry ministry in that moment. She prayed that we would have an abundance of food for everyone who comes to receive. Alva and Brenda could have politely smiled at the lady and walked out. She could have also politely smiled and said bye. They both could have kept their lips concealed, but because both of these parties did not conceal their lips, they encouraged each other in their work and their dedication to the Lord. Very, two very simple stories that I shared with you. Nothing complicated at all. There was no, you know, again, no history lesson, no theological points, no. It was just the sharing of the story. And I think, I think that maybe even these stories were perhaps orchestrated by our almighty God for an illustration here today. That could have been. 
And I am so thankful for that, for this very sermon, for this very moment. In Acts chapter 13, Paul says, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, you can speak. From five-year-old little Olivia to whoever's the oldest in this room, you can speak. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to who? To your Father in heaven. We're going to go to communion. And I want to go back to end our time together. I want to go back to the beginning of this message and highlight, highlight how simple it is. The beginning of this passage says, doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after. Being religious Acting pious is not what you're asking for. You've opened my ears so I can listen. So I answered, I'm coming. It says it right here, and I will say it again and again. Sometimes we treat God like a vending machine. We want what we want when we want it. I think I'm playing the slots, actually, when I do that. How's the vending machine? Um, It's not about a vending machine, God. What we want, when we want it, our stories are are about who he is, what he's done, and what he is doing. Amen? And it doesn't require anything other than us showing up. If he's done it, it is up to us to not seal our lips. It's up to us to recognize when God has put an opportunity in front of us, share how we connect what we experience to the whole assembly. That's what he wants. You have a story. And just like I told Olivia, don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. We have communion here in front with Stephen and uh, Scott and Chris in the back. Please come grab it from us and we will take it together. You know, the word uh, testimony in Hebrew is uh, different translations, again, different things. Um, Also means story and it means do it again and again, tell it again and again. And every time we take communion, We tell the story of Jesus. And if you're here visiting us for the first time, we do this every single week to declare again and again what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Because this represents our story. And this is what we all have in common. This is what binds us together. This is what we hold on to. Hold on to this part of our story for hope, for peace, for the times where our story super sucks, for the times when our story is super glorious and super wonderful. This never changes. This part in our story never, ever changes. He broke his body for us. Let's take the bread.
He spilled his blood for us. That part of our story will be true now and always. Let's take the cup. We're gonna sing a song that says, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. If I told you my story, it would be of life. If I told you my story, it would be of grace. If I told you my story, whatever the situation is, if I told you, it's not complicated. It's not, a, it's not, it doesn't have to be a big history lesson. Little Olivia with her five years old, with her five years old, I'm sure there's parts of her story she's not even aware of yet. Stories of protection, stories of grace, stories of provision. There's things she doesn't even know yet. Let's declare that we all have our story and our story is of him. Amen? Let's sing together.